In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. If I were to ask you to list the Ten Commandments, you might get stuck at some point along the way. But I'm sure almost all of you would start with the same first-person singular pronoun. I am the Lord your God. Some of you might just stop right there. But that might be enough. I am the Lord your God. Have no strange gods besides me. Those first three commandments focus our attention not just on rules pertaining to God, but they focus squarely our attention on God himself who addresses himself to us. He is speaking to us. These aren't just reminders about how we ought to behave. Experts in the Old Testament and in ancient Hebrew will tell us that the, the, the way that these phrases sound isn't as though God is shaking his finger at us and warning us, you better not do these things as though we're bound to do them almost anyway. But rather, it's very serene. We don't do this here. If you are entering into this relationship with God the Father, this is what we do in his household. If you choose to leave the world and leave sin and evil, and if you choose this covenant with God, those are the things you leave behind. Simple as that. Now, why would... That first reading with the Ten Commandments be coupled with this gospel reading of Christ cleansing the temple. And it's not a, it's not a warning about coveting your neighbor's ox or warning you not to steal. There's always something much more profound here than reminding you to behave. What is the most important commandment? Love the Lord your God. I am the Lord your God. Honor God. Worship God. What is the one commandment that could occupy your soul attention? And if you fill that commandment well, all the other commandments, the entire rest of your way of life takes care of itself. The first commandment. What's the most grievous sin that people commit? Refusing to worship God. Neglecting to honor him. Disrespecting him. Desecrating what is sacred. Dante has much more patience with people who have struggles against the sixth commandment 
than he does with people who desecrate what is sacred. What is our Lord doing in the temple? The holiest ground on earth was being turned into a marketplace. The holy of holies, surrounded by courtyard after courtyard, had been turned into a bazaar. And how did he correct them? He didn't say, how dare you do this to me? He said, how dare you do this to my father's house? It's a very unwelcome meditation for most people, especially those who prefer images of surfer Jesus. This is a little bit of dissonance. You don't, you don't need to prefer the image of, of Christ in the apse of the basilica where Brother Paul will be ordained on Saturday, but it can't be dismissed as something Strange in our Christology. Our Lord was frightening these people. He was flipping over their tables. He was making them lose their money. He was making such a mess that even their large farm animals were running away. I would propose that The only thing missing from that image of our Lord, granted it's of him resurrected, you can see from the wounds in his hands, is a large whip in his right hand. But that would be a different image for a different meditation. But think about some of those details. Our Lord at one and the same time is going to permit them To arrest him, to abuse him, to spit on him, to drag him through the streets, to nail him to a cross. He will not protect himself. There's no contradiction here. In the same way that we venerate others and we, and we care for them, we also allow ourselves to, uh, to endure hardship. But it also shows true compassion, kindness, charity. When, when the hardship that we are willing to endure, we don't roughly expect others to put up with in indifference to their suffering. When we know what it's like to be hungry, we should be that much more compassionate for those who go without food. The question facing us is that as much as the Holy of Holies, as much as the sacred temple in Jerusalem was set aside, and it was very clear where the presence of God resides on earth, do we have it easier now? 
Or is it more difficult? We are inside the Holy of Holies. We're in the presence of the tabernacle. We actually see our Lord, body, blood, soul, and divinity on the altar. That can bring us to even more profound reverence, humility, gratitude, awe, and wonder. But But it also makes a lot of us just... Take it for granted. I see it all the time. It's not interesting. It's ordinary. It's boring. We see it when people are presented with our Lord. And they hear the words, the body of Christ. Are they looking somewhere else? Are they not paying attention? Is, is there love in their eyes? Or, or is this just a factory line? A visit to the exhibition of Eucharistic Miracles is a really good tonic. I highly recommend it. Over 120 Eucharistic Miracles are depicted on 150-some boards just to read one attentively or to read many of them. Take 15 minutes, take three hours. And you'll note how, how so many of these Eucharistic miracles happen as a result of negligence or desecration. Whether it be the priest who was too busy to get a pix to take our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament to someone who was dying and, and, the, and the host just was put between pages of his breviary. And we opened his breviary, our Lord was not there but a circular bloodstain on the page. Or the merchant in Brussels in 1369 who, who wanted to attack the church by attacking the Blessed Sacrament and stole hosts from the church. He died mysteriously a few days later. But the ones who on Good Friday in 1370 decided to take those same hosts and attack them with knives saw them bleed on the table. They also died terrible deaths. It's easy not to care when we see it all the time. A lot of you have heard the story already of the young boy preparing for confirmation at St. Agnes in Arlington, somewhere between 12 and, or rather, 16 and 12 years ago. He couldn't tell me the seven sacraments. He couldn't tell me what the Holy Eucharist was. He wasn't able to describe what happened at the Last Supper, so I took the painting of the Last Supper down, and I held it in front of him, and I showed him, well, you see, here's this cup of wine, and here's this bread. And Jesus said the words, this is my body, this is my blood, and he turned that bread into his body, and he turned that wine into his blood, and he said, oh, yeah, 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 that's right, I know that, I just forgot. And if it had been said in ordinary circumstances with a regular tone of voice, I would have thought he was just simply mocking 
our Lord and playing games with me, but there was something earnest. And I said, really, you, you really just forgot. Yeah. So I, just to be clear, I asked him, so you mean you believe in the real presence of Christ in the Blessed Sacrament, you just don't seem to care. And he said, yeah, I guess so. Very earnest. Very few people are that candid. Kind of innocent soul. So from one end of the hallway to the other, I took him from my office down to the entrance to the Blessed Sacrament Chapel. And there's a front, there's a door there, but with a window. And through the window, you can see our Lord in the monstrance on the altar and people praying. And I told the young man, I want you to go inside and I want you just to tell our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament that you don't care that he's there. And he said, he said, I can't do that. Well, why? I, I replied, I, he, are, he, he is God, so he knows what you said. In fact, he, he knows what you think anyway. So you're not doing anything that he doesn't know about. I just want you to go make it official. And he said, I can't do that. Well, well why can't you do that? And he said, well, because now I care. Jesus is not a thing. The Blessed Sacrament is not something. And honoring him and worshiping him is our greatest commandment. If we do that well, everything else takes care of itself. Love of neighbor, love of the poor, everything takes care of itself. If we neglect that, nothing else matters. So I urge you, renew your penances tomorrow and allow yourself to be afflicted so that you can reverence him with greater devotion. Recognize him. Seek him out. Learn about him. Love him. Honor and worship him because he is the Lord your God. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.